the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. No words. Speed away. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I'm very glad you could be here with us today. Today, I want us to take a look at the lesson I have here from Romans chapter 5. It's something that, you know, we're missing from our society. I want us to talk about the word justify. To justify something, we we are always trying to to justify things uh, that that we do because we want, we may have like a maybe you know we I want to live my life a certain way, but that's not the normal. That's not what the uh, uh, normal thing people do. When, when I say normal, I don't what I, what I mean is by as far as God's standard, by the moral standard that we all know that we all know we should be living our lives by. And so sometimes we try to justify that on our own terms. And we're going to talk more about that in, in just a little bit. You know, when you think about justify, you may think, well, that's not a word we hear too much in our society. In fact, there may be, you may be thinking, you know, there, there's just not, not much of the Bible in society at all anymore. But that's not exactly true. I want to give you some phrases. And all these phrases that I'm going to give you are going to sound familiar, and they're found in the Bible, well, maybe not all of them will be familiar, but you'll recognize several of them, and all of these are found in our in the Word of God. And here, here's a few of them: a thorn in the side. You know, I've ever heard that one, man. That guy's a thorn in my side. And what that means is, is that, uh, is that you know, you, so they're bothering you. That's from Second Corinthians twelve seven. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's Luke twelve nineteen. Man, that's, that's as plain as the handwriting on the wall. Have you heard that one before? That's Daniel 5, the blind leading the blind. Luke 6, like a lamb led to slaughter. I, Isaiah 53, uh, can a leopard change his spots? Jeremiah 13, man, I got by that by the skin of my teeth. Guess what that, that's from? Job 19. Flying the ointment, Ecclesiastes 10, salt of the earth, Matthew 5, by the sweat of your brow, Genesis 3. Nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes 1. Lots of people use those terms, and they'll often use them without realizing where those sayings come from. (coughs) Excuse me. Most folks don't realize, I think, how deeply Bible phrases and words have influenced our English language. Justify or, or justification is one of those. But before we get, get too far in there, I want us to consider how God uses this word. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Much more than, having now been 
justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. That's talking about the Christ. Romans 5.16, the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions resulting in justification. And then uh, Romans 5.18, so then as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, there resulted justification of life to all men. So what does justified and justification mean to God? Well, it means that God took away our sins so that it would be just as if I did never sinned, just as if I'd justified, never sinned. It's so simple and powerful, and that explains what justification is. The blood of Jesus removed us from judgment by covering our sins. Jesus made the old sins just, you know, go away in the eyes of God. And because of that, I've been made right with God. So justification is when I'm proved right before God because of the blood of Jesus. And, and when you look at this word, research how people uh, use it, you know, you, you have phrases we use in society all the time that uses the term. We may not even realize it. You know, the end doesn't justify the means. When we say that, what we mean is your objective doesn't make your methods right. Another phrase you may hear quite often is, how can you justify what you've done? You need to show me that what you did was the right thing to do, right? Both of them are basically saying, I am justified when I can prove that what I've done is the right thing. In fact, that's why we use the word justified in, well, in math class. You may remember math class, right? When they ask you to justify your answer in math, what they're saying is prove that what that you've arrived at the right answer in the right way. Show me that you did the right thing. Man, I always hated that. <laughs> in fact, I bet you most math students don't like that. Why? Because they, they don't want to have to justify their answer. They just want to either give the answer or, or guess at the answer, maybe even fudge on the right answer a little bit. But justifying their answer implied there was only one right answer. Fudging wouldn't work, and students struggle with that. That's what justification meant in math class, and it means the same thing in everyday life. People struggle with this concept of justification. Why? Because they know there is a right answer, but they don't, maybe they, maybe they don't like the right answer. They, they'll either have failed to measure up to the answer or, or they just don't want to. And because of that, they can't justify what they've done in their lives. There's an article titled Cheating. And it's an article where they talk to uh, all these teenagers about cheating. And here's some quotes from those teenagers. Here's a kid named Jason, 16 years of age. He says, quote, cheating is not okay if there is a victim. As in, Cheating in a relationship. Cheating is morally wrong, but 
schools put a lot of pressure on students to succeed, and they don't always look at a student's effort. I only cheat in school and not in anything else. You see what he's trying to do there? Justify, but not not the right kind of justifying, is it? He's just trying to justify himself. Himself. Will, age 15, said this. Cheating is okay as long as you don't get caught. I'm pre-average student with generally B pluses and A minuses. When I come home, if I'm tired, I won't study for a test the next day. Teachers are so stupid. This is his quote. Teachers are so stupid. You can just lay a book on the floor open to the right page. See what he did there? They were justifying their actions. But theirs was a different kind of justification. They knew they were not supposed to cheat. They made that clear, but they they do it. And they can't justify their actions based on what they know is right. So what do they do? Move the boundary markers, right? Yeah. They they create this excuse or they create that justification for why they should be allowed to cheat. <laughs> They've been up too late. Teachers are stupid. The school doesn't judge them or, or would this, that, or the other, and so on and so forth. They can't justify their behavior based on what they know is right. So what do they do? Well, they just come up with this whole other standard of, of right. And then they use this, this new standard that they've created for themselves so that they can now justify their actions on why they should be allowed to cheat. You know, there's this cartoon. Maybe you've seen this. I wish I could find an actual copy of this cartoon. Maybe I should have somebody draw it up for me. I don't know. But there, it, it's a guy. He's standing there, and he's got this bow and arrow, and he pulls the bow and arrow back, and he shoots it. And it, he's shooting at this, this blank wall. He shoots the arrow. It hits the blank wall. And he stares at it for a moment. He walks up to it. He examines the arrow, and then he paints the target around his arrow, and he says, bullseye. You see that? He knew... If, uh, he, he, if he put the bullseye up there and then shot at it, he may miss. But if he wanted to get it just the way he wanted it, shoot the arrow first, then put the bullseye up there. I'm going to say what I, I want. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then I'm going to create the standard based on my actions. Boy, wouldn't that make life easier if we could all just do it that way, right? That's what these kids are doing. Painting the target around their behavior. Why? Because they want to justify themselves. Say, hey, you know, I did it the right way. And it's not just teenagers who do that sort of thing, is it? Adults do it too. And why do they do it? All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's, that's why. Not good. It's not good. And this creates a problem for most people because, well, we just don't like failing, do we? But we do. We sin. We fall short. We mess up. And deep inside us, it bugs us. It, it, it bothers us to realize, you know, we're, we're never really going to, to just get to that point where we can justify ourselves before God. And that's what we want to do because we do that all, all throughout our lives, don't we? 
We we we're the ones that that uh, uh, supply the home. We're the ones that supply the bread and butter. We're the ones that take care of things. We fix things. We do all this stuff, and we make it happen. But there's one thing. There's one thing we can't do anything about, and that's our sin. We can't justify those things. It bothers us. How can you justify that? Well, you can't. You're never going to. You and I are never going to get to that point where we can justify ourselves with God. We're never going to get to the point where we can prove that what that we are this righteous person before him. That frustrates us. It, throw, it frustrates us because, well, it, it throws us off balance. And that, that's another illustration I got here. Years ago, there was a young man. He worked in a factory. And it was one of those real noisy places, you know, where you got to wear those earplugs and the earplugs were working okay. Sometimes they fall out and whatnot, and people kind of complain about it. So they thought, you know, we, we want to do something good for our employees, so let's let's get them the, the, the best earplugs we can find. And they found this company that will pour the, the, this solution or uh, this gel or whatever into the ears of the employees, and it would solidify and mold to their ears for to make the earplugs. And it worked great for everybody except for this one guy. It get, I guess it went too far, I don't know into his ear, and it damaged his eardrum. Damaged his eardrum. And you know what, what happens when you damage your eardrum? You lose your balance. This poor man couldn't walk. He was nauseated all the time. His inner ear was damaged. It threw off his balance. And now the Bible tells us we have a moral inner ear. It's called our, our conscience. If we do something, that we shouldn't be doing, or if we engage in this in this sin that we we just can't fix on our own, our conscience can get damaged. It can throw us off. It will unbalance our lives. Why? We can't justify what we've done. We can't line ourselves up with what we know we should be doing, with what we know to be right. Now, people deal with this reality in one of two ways. Number one, they either move those boundary markers, that standard by which they ought to be living, or they try to balance things out by compensating. You know what that is, right? They try to do enough good things to compensate for the bad things. But they're still off balance. They they may feel better about themselves. It's kind of like, you know, hey, I got some crutches here. At least I can walk fairly normally or, or, or the way I ought to, but it's not the way you ought to. And even when they convince themselves that it's working, there's still that nagging doubt, that underlying discomfort, this occasional feeling of failure that sweeps over them because they know they can't quite line up their morality with the rightness they know they should be doing. If only there was some magical way to line up our lives with what we know is right, a way of lining up things uh, so that we so that even when we don't do what is right, we could still find peace. That is what Romans chapter 5 is all about. It's all about God lining our lives up with his rightness. We cannot justify ourselves. So 
God offered to do this for us. Romans 5, 9, we have now been justified by Jesus' blood. And the judgment followed one sin. That's Adam's sin. And brought condemnation. But that gift of Christ's death on the cross followed all the trespasses and all the sin. And it brought justification for us. And the result of one act of righteousness, that sacrifice, was justification that brings life for all men. By that one act of righteousness, we've been made just as if, just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. I just can't say that fast. I try. But it happens through the blood of Jesus. Our sins, our failures have all been covered. They don't exist anymore. And God has made it as so that our lives now line up with him. And as I was, again, looking at our culture, I was really kind of looking at my own life, the things that I do, we use that term justify quite a bit. And there's a setting, if you have Microsoft Office or if you use a, a, some sort of word processor on your Mac or your computer, I, I use a, a, a Windows computer, so I have Microsoft Word, but I also I make that paper, or work on the paper, the, the Rocky Mountain Christian newspaper, and I use page plus nine for that. And there's these settings up there on, on the top. You know, uh, here in America, Almost every letter or most documents are going to be justified to the left. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You hit that button, it justifies everything to the left. So you, on the left-hand side of the paper, the, boy, everything just lines up with a perfect line. But over here on the right-hand side, what is it? It's all jagged, right? Oh, man, you can't have that. So we, we press the justify to the right. And oh, yeah, everything lines up real nice on the right-hand side. But... On the left-hand side, what happens? It's all jagged. So we hit the center button. We hit that center button, and everything lines up right down the middle. Looks pretty, except the left and right. All jagged. Don't That doesn't look very good. So what do we do? Well, there's one button, and it's called just, just called Justify. You click on Justify, and what does it do on both sides? It lines everything up. Perfectly on both sides. Lines it up. That's fantastic. That's what we want, right? That's what we're looking for in our own lives, at least. Justifying the text. Everything lines up. My point is this. Even in my word processor, <laughs> I found that the world around me understands what justification means. Justification is when all the sides line up perfectly. When a text is not justified, the edges are ragged. And in the same way, when our lives are not justified, at least one part of our lives is going to show the raggedness of sin. It's this raggedness that causes people to experience nagging doubts and discomfort. It's this raggedness that overwhelms them with a feeling of failure. Why? Because people know they can't quite line up their morality with the rightness they should or they know they should be doing. And so they struggle with guilt, with shame, self-hatred, loathing, and they can't figure out, how can I make it all go away? You know why they can't figure it out? How to make it all go away? Because they, in and of themselves, they, can't, they cannot make it go away. God knows that. 
He created us in his image. He, he knows how we're supposed to function. And he knows that sin gums up the works. What, so he did for us the one thing we couldn't do for ourselves. He stepped in and justified the margins of our lives with the blood of Christ. And what it comes down to is this. It's not about the worship attendance. It's not about our, our memberships, wherever we may be at. You know that? I bet you the folks out here listening on KXXT, I bet most of you, if not all, attend some religious group somewhere. You're going somewhere. And you're doing that because you recognize, you realize, I can't justify myself. I need God's help. And so you're looking for that truth. You know it's got to be found in the Bible, so you're going somewhere where they, they teach this, but it's not about your attendance. Did you know that? It's not about your worship attendance. It's not about how often you go to services. You may be thinking, but Chris, God commands. That's right, God commands. We go and, and praise him uh, once a week, once a week. The rest of those times are, are things set up by, typically the elderships had set those things up. But what God is really looking for is your heart. It's all about an obedient faith. You know when... Uh, when Abraham was considered righteous, when he was justified, it wasn't when uh, the law came. It wasn't when he was circumcised. It's when he obeyed the Father. Jesus tells us at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, everyone who hears these words of mine and believes them, no, and acts on them, acts on them shall be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The key thing to remember is this. You will never be righteous enough to be able to justify yourself before God. None of us ever will be that good. But God has promised that by the blood of Jesus, he will justify us and make us his children. The question is how do you come in contact with that blood? How do you come in contact with it? Is it simply believing only? Well, if you believe, you're going to act on that belief, right? If you truly believe in the Word of God, you're going to act on the things that God tells us in His Word. What are those things? Well, there's, there's quite a few things. We know what they are. You probably know what I'm talking about. And if you want to know more about it, Right into the show. Go to www.nvcoc.net. That's a, our uh, home congregation's webpage. And you can uh, send us, a, from that website, you can send us uh, information on our form page or click on the radio mic and listen to this show or the previous shows. And we would like to talk to you more about that. That's going to be the end of, uh, of the lesson for today. Well, I have some uh, several minutes left over. I want to use this time to tell you about something that's coming up here on June the 1st. June the 1st of this year over at the Troon North Golf uh, uh, Golf Club. And, and we're going to be doing the annual charity golf tournament there that we put on for the Copper Basin Bible Camp and the OCJ Kids Foster Care Home. If you want to help the kids of the great state of Arizona, this is a great way to do it. You can get out there. You can golf on a beautiful course. You may be thinking, well, June 1st, it's going to be hot. It's not. We've done this several years. Even when it's hot outside, it's up uh, further north, uh, Scottsdale. It's great weather. It is great weather. 
It's wonderful. And there's chances for great prizes. You know, we're going to have a, a hole-in-one prize this year for $1 million. You get a hole-in-one on a particular hole, guess what? You'll win yourself a $1 million. And that's not it. There'll be prizes for all. Everything's gonna be a shotgun start. So you'll be in groups of four. You'll you'll go with the the best hit uh, a ball. They'll be working through that at the very end uh, of the one thirty shotgun start on Friday. You'll come to a dinner that evening. We will provide the food and everything. It's, it's just one cost. You pay the one cost of the golf. You get everything else. If you want to do just the dinner, that's forty bucks. You come come to the dinner and you get prizes. Everyone who golf, whoever came in first, will get a great prize. We always have wonderful prizes. But there's also going to be raffle items. And let me just give you a taste of some of the things that are, are going to be there. And one of them is this. You're going to have a mint condition. This is one of the raffle prizes. A mint condition Winchester, oh, I'm sorry, Remington Woodmaster 732-30-06 rifle. Plated, beautiful, gorgeous weapon. You can get that there. You may be thinking, well, that's kind of a weird thing. Well, we, we're, we're, we're getting donations, and that's one of the great donations we got to be part uh, of the, the raffle items. And there's going to be a, a lot of other items there as well. And if you want to know more about that, please uh, uh, give me a call at 480-818-3807. Uh, email me at chris at rmcnews.net and ask me about that. If you have questions about the program, that's fine too. And I want to tell you about one more thing, and then and then you're you're free to, to drive and go home and have dinner. Here's here's the last thing. We also put together a newspaper called the Rocky Mountain Christian Newspaper. The Rocky Mountain Christian Newspaper. We publish it right here at the North Valley Church of Christ, and we distribute it out. And it really it's a, it's a national paper. It's kind of geared toward the Rocky Mountain region, but people get it out there in Louisiana and Tennessee and Indiana, Ohio. Uh, Pittsburgh and other places and it's just it's uh, news stories that are showing the growth of the body of Christ and how the body of Christ is truly growing also there's editorials by Guy Orbison Jr.'s and teaching articles by other guest writers that are encouraging they're all everything in the paper it's all about encouraging folks in the body of Christ to show that the body of Christ is growing and it's a wonderful paper and if you want to know more about that www.rmcnews.net Rocky Mountain Christian News rmcnews.net and you can learn more it's a simple $12 and you get a full year subscription it's a monthly paper and if you want to know more about that please go there and learn about that Uh, I'm the uh, news editor for that one of the owners as well and if you have anything you think would be good for the paper you want to advertise in it again here's my email address Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at rmcnews.net. My number is 480-818-3807. Folks, thank you for being here today. Have a blessed day. Love you all very much in the Lord. Every nation, bring the message out. Sending out to sweep away till shut on the better day. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Bring it out. Bring it out. Bring it out. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.